First of all, I deserve a round of applause for all those names. They were magnificent, weren't they? Uh, it's the tongue twister of the year. And it's the opening of the book of Matthew, and it's important. It's, it's a genealogy. Um, one of the ways that we know that Matthew's gospel was precisely written to the Jews, because the Jews had a very strong need for and a sense of genealogies. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think most cultures do. I suppose it's true in the Philippines and, and, and in Latin America. Well, I, I'm not sure, but do the Filipinos do what the Latinos do? Everyone's your cousin, or everyone's your, everyone, somehow they're related, you know, and they, oh, that's my cousin, that's my cousin, that's not your cousin, yeah, well, we're cousins. And in my family, uh, it's true, too, there were 13 uh, children in both my dad and mom's family, uh, big farming families, and one of the things I enjoyed, because my dad knew everybody, he remembered everyone's name, I can't remember names, I can't. Yeah. Somebody introduces himself within a minute, I forgot the name already. And, and my dad told me I shouldn't be ordained to priests because you don't remember names. But he remembered everyone. When we would go back to Kansas, he'd start, well, this one was married to that one, and, and these two brothers married these two sisters, and he just had everybody down. And, um, and it was like a living genealogy to go back to Kansas with my dad and mom. They, they, he knew everybody and every connection every connection, even between towns. Well, she married uh, over in uh, Azenville, and uh, they're just all over the place. But what makes this genealogy, I don't know, I say unique, there's some women in it. And uh, women didn't matter. Women were more like uh, possessions. And uh, they didn't belong in a genealogy. And if I'm not mistaken, these women were not Jews, but they were married into uh, the Jewish community. Not only that, uh, but this genealogy, the point of it was to say the difference that this Christ would make. He would turn things upside down and inside out. Women would matter. And there would be uh, outsiders who would become insiders, prostitutes and tax collectors. The outsiders would become insiders, and they would come to know Jesus as the Messiah and trust and believe in it. So from the very first verse, the very beginning, this Jesus is turning things inside out and upside down and really ushering in truly the Messianic age. Now, I could be mistaken about this, but I also think that this total number of generations, it's 14 generations and 14 generations and 14 generations. Three times that's mentioned, 14 generations. And what's significant about 14, this is where I'm out on a limb, but I believe it's true, it's two times the number seven. And seven is the perfect number. Now, I understand from my scripture professor uh, over 45 years ago <clears throat> that these generation numbers are not accurate. It's, it's not the point. It's not that it's mathematically perfectly correct. It's that it's put in that language of 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. It's like seven, 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 seven. And if seven is the perfect number, to double it three times is just remarkably powerful. So this genealogy is meant to be noticed 
It's meant to really reach a climax in that last line. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. If we add to that, uh, I mentioned yesterday that we begin the O Antiphons, and the O Antiphon is there in the um, Alleluia verse before the Gospel. And so each day there's a different title given. How appropriate that the first one would be O Wisdom, O Wisdom. Because in the Scriptures, God is full of wisdom. Everything God says or does is wise. We could say that God is wisdom, and wisdom is God. And so to open these O Anaphons, these nine days of prayer before Christmas, O wisdom of our God Most High, guiding creation with power and love, come to teach us the path of knowledge. Now, one of the things about wisdom is this, that to do something wise isn't necessarily the fastest or the easiest or appear to some eyes as the best or the thing that you or others might really, really want. But wisdom is, spiritual writers like to say, looking at things like with the eyes of God. And personally, I think that it's something that we should do every day. We should always ask the question, but is it the wisest thing to do? Is it the wisest? So, for example, we know that Putin of recent times uh, was bringing, what, 150,000 soldiers or whatever uh, along the border of the Ukraine. Is that a wise thing to do? I don't think so. It may be powerful. It may be a flexing of muscles. It may be an action that is meant to put people in fear and also impress them with the power of Russia. And it might be something that is meant to try to confuse and upset the European nations and get in the face of America. But is it the wisest thing to do? I don't think so. And we could ask that question about everything we do in our life. Like, I see a family here today for Bert, and uh, is this a wise thing? I think this is a wise thing to do, to remember an anniversary of death, but to gather family, to gather family around that anniversary. That's a wise thing to do. It's wise on so many levels, but most of all because it is recognizing the harmony, even with our dead, you know, we have in our faith that recognition of the communion of saints. And it's, it's something that we say in the creed all the time and when we do the renewal of baptism promises. And I always think, I don't think people know what they're saying when they say that. I mean, the communion of saints. We believe in the communion of saints. <clears throat> but communion, <clears throat> the word communion is union with. We receive communion, holy communion, What's the communion? It's with Christ in the Eucharist. It's with the body of Christ, the people of God. And we say that when we receive the Eucharist, that it is this Eucharist, this presence of Christ that is uniting us with one another as well as with Christ. <clears throat> but we take it so seriously, we say that after we die, we still belong to the communion of saints so that everybody who has died is one with us. And this Eucharist, in this Eucharist, we bind ourselves 
we choose to bind ourselves. We wisely bind ourselves, not only with the Lord, but with one another, both the living and the dead. And so I see in this action today, but, but expressed in a fuller way than most people do, um, um, through picture and, and through these flowers and through this gathering of family, it is a wise thing to do to express the harmony that happens and belongs to the communion of saints. And as we begin this nine-day novena time before um, the celebration of Christmas, to begin celebrating, <clears throat> oh, wisdom, oh, wisdom, <clears throat> it is... <clears throat> It is to harmonize ourselves with the God of all wisdom, who is wisdom, who gives wisdom, and through his wisdom, pours his life and grace always into us more fully. Like seven, 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 seven times. Please stand. <clears throat> 